whoa, there's a married guy here. What the fuck? Oh, God. This dude's married? I'm hosting a podcast with a no longer bachelor, an ex-bachelor? I well, mean, okay, yeah. If you don't know, this is Preview Review. My name's Ryan Toon, but I'm here today with the brand new married Tyler Ellison. That's Tyler, me. welcome. How does and it feel? I didn't feel? change my last name. Mm. I just gave it to somebody else. How traditional. But I didn't have a child. Yet. This is the riddle. How does that happen? What? It's because I got married. Okay. You already spoiled the ending. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, very exciting. So that's why this episode is coming out a little bit later than we would have liked. Or I guess that was the excuse for last episode. We can use it for two episodes. There's two people who got married. Life has been busy. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, that's why I haven't posted my update of movies I've seen in the last month or two because... It's it's been a lot. Planning a wedding is a lot of work. They don't tell you that. I feel like everybody I've ever met has said that planning a wedding is very easy and also very cheap. Who and that tells was you not that? My experience. They're fucking lying to you. No, I'm joking. I can't believe it. We gotta find those people and get them to tell the truth. Tell the truth. Name that movie. What? Tell the truth to tell. Do the you truth? know it. Well, who who knows it? Our special guest, Austin Holmes. Oh. Welcome to the podcast, bud. Yeah, what a way to bring me on, which is... You know, it's Will Smith. He's got the accent, and he looks in the camera at the end of the trailer. He says, I haven't seen the movie, actually, but I know the trailer. Tell the truth. And you know the movie because it's also about, like, one of your favorite pastimes... Football. Uh-huh. It's in concussion. Yes, it's in concussion. He does that and he has an accent. Tell the truth. Yeah, because he's like the doctor oh, that like oh, did the research. Is. You're right, you're right. I, I mean, again, I haven't seen the movie, but I have seen the trailer. And that's I, what this podcast is about. Not sure about the accent. You still could be right. And I could he be does the accent okay, for okay, sure. Okay, that's okay, like okay, the okay. main part of it. Yeah. Well, Austin, you were there at the wedding of Tyler and Veronica. Yes, yeah. Did you enjoy yourself? Uh, too much, some would say. I did enjoy myself. Um, I was able to kind of come in in a role that didn't have responsibility, but at the same time, once the party started, I did feel a responsibility to kind of oh, the party the party up a bit. So mm. um, I took on the role um, that... Party bolster. A party bolster. So party bolster usually has like an outfit. So I had my party shirt on. Um, right. Only for a small while. For a small while until that thing was fully unbuttoned. Um, and I mm. made people comfortable and uncomfortable, and I'm pretty worried. I, um, my wedding was on a on a Sunday. I get a text from Austin. On, was it a text or was it when I saw you when I went back to work? Regardless. the you next time work I, on I, your I, wedding? No, 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 no. The, like days later. Oh, okay. but mm. I think it was the next day I heard from Austin. He goes, I think it was a text. Oh, it friend. was. He goes, Tyler, I just want you to know. I think that the amount that I threw up in my toilet last night proves how hard I went for you <laughs> yeah. at the at the wedding. So I went hard for you at the wedding. I too. appreciate that. I woke up with my first ever like actual alcohol hangover the wow. next day, and I didn't get rid of it until like eleven a.m. <laughs> this is great. This is good news. This makes me very happy. Um, thank you both for being there, and uh, happy happy marriage to to you. My life. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. We did yeah, it. Yeah, congrats. That's the most important part of the episode. If you stop listening now, we wouldn't be offended, but we would be a little sad. Yeah. But let's back up for a moment. This, As I said, this movie is all about... This movie? As I said, this podcast is all about movie trailers. We don't really care about watching the movies, although I guess we do sometimes. I do a lot. But we care about discussing the trailers. And uh, on today's episode, Austin, we're very excited to have you here as we discuss... Some, some trailers that, I don't know, I mean, we screen the trailers before we jump on the mic, seem like some 
maybe you're more interested in than others. Um, really, really looking forward to your take here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Insidious, The Red Door, Joyride, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, yeah, but before we talk about those four movies, we do have to take another trip back in time and hear from Ryan about which movies that we previously pre-reviewed that he has seen. So, Ryan, please tell us what you see, what you think. Ooh, play that theme music. Ryan's Review Roundup. Wow, thanks for that theme music. It sure was you made super that with AI. It wasn't AI. It was like a computer. Like I used a computer, but I didn't use voice. AI. What about the voice? Like, is that not considered AI? It's just text to speech. That's not AI. No. I mean, if you think about it, uh, yeah, it takes intelligence to speak. Yeah, it's gonna be and the computer voice is artificially recreating yeah. that pattern of speech. That Microsoft Sam this whole time has been AI. I'm just. I'm not saying it's like. The furthest evolved AI that we have now, but it is a form of artificial intelligence. Is that what Siri is? That's what Siri Siri is. Yeah, it's not Siri because I put the words in that I wanted it to say. I guess artificial intelligence would have to be like taking a prompt and then like yeah, Yeah. generating something. It's not just I didn't tell a computer make me a theme because you can do you can do the thing on like Google Translate where you just put in like syllables and it like beatboxes or whatever. Exactly. It's not really. It's just I don't know. It's just somebody smarter than us on a different podcast can talk about this. Anyways. Well, I'm here to talk about Ryan's Review Roundup. I saw lots of movies. The best one was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, or Across the Spider-Verse. It's the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, and I think it's the best movie I've seen all year. I've seen it twice. I love Spider-Man. I love animation. If you haven't seen this movie yet, go see it. It's Wow. Ryan's seen it twice, and I have still not seen it. Well, you were getting married. But what about the second time? But the first time I did invite you, and you said no because it was like three days before your wedding. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to go then. <laughs> opening Okay, the opening weekends of every popular movie this year feel very targeted against me. Because this movie that I was very excited for came out during my wedding weekend, and now look, I still haven't seen it. Have I had time? Probably, but who knows. Well, if I wasn't going to go opening weekend, it's hard sometimes to go. Then, Barbenheimer weekend, classic, <laughs> everyone's excited. It comes out, and I'm also going to be out of town that weekend. Wow. And in a space You're where I don't have space? access... No. I'm going to be visiting the Titanic on a submarine. No! A submersible? <laughs> but, more importantly, there's no fucking movie theaters underwater, so I can't even go see it. It's going to be hard. Wow. But what about the weekend of the Marvel's release? It comes out the weekend of November 11th. I don't think I have any plans there. You don't? You better have I think I have plans. plans. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> Austin's getting married that weekend. But I'm not getting married to like Thursday night before Austin's wedding. You want to come? You want to see the Marvels? <laughs> not not for him, but for me. We got to invite him at least like I did to you. Would I look better than Tyler if I accepted it to cite that like, wow. I mean, he would. You'd look better to us, but I don't think you'd look better to your future wife. I my... Okay, so I understand. Wifely. Just just choose wisely. That's all I say. Choose wifely? Okay. Um, and then let me know which uh, which row you want to sit in. Or, yeah, you want to sit on next to Tyler or next to me? Or in between. Okay, Um, what else did I see? I saw Transformers. Um, What is that movie called? Oh, Rise of the Beasts. R- 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 We're yeah, still in Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's a basic action film, but it's that's better than most of the Transformers movies, so that's cool. And I saw The Flash, but I didn't see the version of The Flash that's in theaters right now. I saw an early version, like I saw it like oh, right. in mid June, 
um, that didn't have like any credits and that like cameo at the end of the movie. I didn't see that, but I know all about it. And when I saw the movie in mid June, I said, this is a lot of fun. There's some bad CGI, but they said it's an unfinished version of the movie, so I'm sure it'll be fine by the time it comes mm, out. No, but now, Ryan, they're saying the bad CGI is all part of it. I know. I've seen mm. the things on Twitter. I've seen what they still look like, and they're the exact same. So it made me like the movie a little less, because I was like, oh, this will look really good when it's finished, but I didn't realize it was finished. Um, but other than that, I think the movie, the story is pretty fun. Um, you just have to get over the fact that you're watching, like, a criminal times two on the screen the whole time. But if you can get past that, you know, enjoyable time of the movies. I saw it for free, so if you want to give your money to them, that's up to you. But if you don't, that's also okay. But then another movie, Tyler, that I saw, we all saw together, actually. Oh, this is the most important mm-hmm. edition of Rise of Your Roundup ever, mm-hmm. actually. And it's all about Fast X. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> okay, really quick, just get into your thoughts about the movie first, and then we can jump into the, the larger significance. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Fast X, it's it's a fun time, it's a fun Fast and Furious movie, you know what you're getting when you're going into these things. Uh, it's over-the-top, dumb action, but if you're there for that, you're going to have a blast. If you're coming in saying, I want a critical examination of street racing and underground crime across the world, you're going to leave very disappointed. But if you're already a fan of this franchise, it's the 10th installment in the main saga. You know what you're getting. Just go in knowing that you're going to love what you're going to see, and you're going to have a blast. I unironically loved this movie. This is the only the second Fast and Furious movie Tyler's ever seen. This is the second I've ever seen. When I left the theater after seeing F9, uh, yes, the only ones I've seen are 9 and 10, so I'm missing a lot of context here. But I was like, okay, like I kind of get it, but it's not like... I don't, I'm not like obsessed with the franchise now. Walking out of Fast X, it was like a whole new world. I had opened my eyes and I mean, the way that that, the last like five to 10 minutes of that movie are, is just so unbelievably <laughs> insane. Like genuinely unbelievable. Like I was watching this, like, I can't believe they filmed this and put it on screen <laughs> and people paid money to watch this. We and paid it's money to watch pretty it. Pretty incredible. But all that aside... Wait, and there may have been. Oh, it was phenomenal. I've seen a lot of the Fast and Furious movies, and when you said like we've, it's a whole different world. Fast and Furious in itself has so many different worlds involved in the whole franchise itself. Where you have the first couple of movies that feel so different from Tokyo Drift, that also feels so different from Seven, Eight, Nine, and Ten. Now, um, this was incredible. Not only because the the drama of this film i like they captured the drama so well but man because this is a three-parter which is what has been rumored to be and most likely will be the way that they are able to end these movies now have so much more weight to it than just like a let's give vin diesel and his family it it doesn't end with a backyard barbecue and cracking over the coronas it does not in fact i think yeah it starts with that i think it ends with what's actually the like complete moral opposite of that yes. <laughs> like well, impending doom tyler i'm gonna let you know if you like the cliffhanger at the end of fast x uh the cliffhanger at the end of spider-verse is like 70 uh, times better oh, i can't I fucking can't wait, wait it's so good i can't um, wait for you to watch the i feel movie like we just go right after yeah, this. I know. <laughs> okay um but the more important reason that seeing fast x was such a 
transformative experience. Because we were driving with family. We went during uh, my bachelor party weekend. Mm-hmm. The three of us were there along with our, our good old buddy Jose. You know Jose um, from previous episodes. From, other, <laughs> from previous guesting experience. Um, but we did... Um, we did get the chance to see this film, um, not in just any multiplex, but in the AMC theater where the iconic Nicole Kidman Ugh. ad was filmed. And it was beautiful. Um, you know the one. The one where Heartbreak feels good. where Heartbreak feels good. good. In and a place like this. The moment, I, I mean, so, okay, let me just paint the scene. It's about a three-hour drive from where we live down here in San Diego up to the, North the Hollywood. AMC. Yeah, like northern, northeastern LA. Like, think like Calabasas vibes. And we pull in, and it's in, like, not like a, a strip mall, mall, but, like, a shopping complex. But, you know, like, the the rich kind, where it's, like, outdoor plot, and there's, like, yes. hedges, and, like, things that... It almost looks like wine country a little bit. Cut. I think there was, like, a dentist um, office in one of those like, and shops. And we get, we get, like, dinner at the place next door. I see the, the theater when we drive in. The outside of it looks, like, obviously very similar to what's in the ad, but they definitely, like, did some enhancements, yeah. like, well, in to, like, post... Blotch out where it says Dolby Cinema. Yeah, they had to like kind of make it. It looks a little cleaner and nicer in the ad, of course. And then you go into the lobby, and you don't really see the lobby and the concession stand. The concession stand in the ad, but it's beautiful. But it's very nice. There's like a whole lobby with couches. Like it looks like a hotel lobby, and they had. It was like one of the night that one of the NBA playoff games Uh was on, and they had the game on. And I was like, do people just like? bring their kids to a movie and then they just go sit in the lobby and like drink a beer and watch the game while their kids are in the movie. Yeah. Is that what you're going to do? I would have a hard time deciding. <laughs> like depends on what movie they're seeing. If I'm, yeah. if I'm in the theater, if I'm playing. Exactly. Like it could go either way. Depends but, on what kid it is. But like we, we take our time. We get our concessions. Actually, you guys got nine for concessions. Austin and I beelined yeah, you went to and the corner. The room we room. had to know the moment I turned the corner to the glorious hallway that every theater branches off of. It was picture fucking perfect. It was was exactly out of the ad. The same gray, like, little side pieces with the glowing white numbers. I mean, it was fantastic. I think I shed a tear. Um, It was was glorious. Austin and I are staying there waiting for uh, Jose, Ryan. They're getting some concessions, popcorn, and ices and stuff for us. And we're like, you know what? We just got to figure out which which theater they filmed it in. And we're standing next to the two premium formats. There's a Dolby Theater and a Prime. Prime Theater. And we're like, it has to be one of the fancy ones, right? So we're like, there's already a movie playing in there. We're like, we'll just pop in really quick. We just walked into the Dolby Theater, turned the corner. Mm, doesn't really look like it. It didn't have, the giveaway was didn't have those like side panel right. lighting, yes. like the yep. horizontal yeah, yeah, yeah. lines around the walls. And we're like, yep. eh, don't think this is it. So we're like, probably maybe Prime, because yeah. it's like the AMC branded one, right? So we left that theater, go next to where the Prime Theater, poke our head in. Mm, didn't really it. look like the Still one. Didn't really look like it. So we're like, oh, who knows? Maybe they filmed it at Standard Theater. We go back. We get our concessions. We walk into our assigned theater, which is theater, theater six, oh, six. Theater number six. I remember to this day. I didn't. And I swear to fucking God, it's the one that they fucking filmed it in. It had to be. It's the perfect. The ramp is on the right side. You turn around. The lights were immediately. I was like, this yeah. is it. This is yeah. the one. This, this is fucking we it. We turned the same corner that Nicole. Yeah, it, she was 100% yeah. there. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was, like, holy ground. And it was, like, five minutes when the movie started and it was pretty empty in the theater still. I was shocked that there was, like... That theater was also almost sold out. And we just got there and we were like, you know what? We gotta soak it in. So, you know, I got a little video of me going up and sitting in the in the seat that she sat in. Um, <laughs> I could talk about this for an hour. Yeah, what point yeah. do we want to cut this story off? No, two more quick things about it. Okay, number one... <laughs> 
Okay, number one, our, th- our seats, because it was really full, we had to get seats in, like, the third row. They weren't bad. They weren't bad. It was actually the perfect seat, I think, to watch a Fast and Furious movie, because they're, like, everything's right fucking there. And they had nice recliners, and they were heated <laughs> seats. But, well, the, I, okay, the heated seats I do have a problem with, this is the third thing, heated seats I had a problem with, because I kept bumping the button on accident, oh. and I'd be like, why is my seat fucking hot? And then it, I yeah, like the, the heated seat, because I messed my back up no, the night before, no, and it kind of felt good, it. It, like, fixed my back. I'd go back to fix my back again. Okay, but... During the trailers, I turned, I'm sitting next to Austin on the aisle, and I turned to Austin and I was like, dude, like, I should, t- what if I asked, or like, what if during, then the Nicole Kidman ad plays, what if I acted like I didn't realize that it was, this was the theater? In fact, I don't even think that the rest of the people in the theater realize that it was filmed where they know. are. They just and think that's what every AMC looks like. I turned to Austin, I'm like, I should act like, I should be like, oh my god, like, turn in the theater and be like, Are you, can you believe this? And he's like, no, don't do that. Like, that's, you know, annoying, whatever. And he's probably right. But I couldn't help <laughs> I it. I think he's right. And when the, ad, when the ad started playing, like, you see the outdoor shot, and she walks through the doors, and she looks beautiful. The moment that the first shot showed that it, she's in the hallway, and you can tell that it was the theater, the outside, I literally, out loud, went... Oh my fucking god! And I still think about that to this day because <laughs> in my mind at that moment it was the most hilarious thing I could ever do. Me sitting like two or three seats away from you, heard you say that. I didn't know about like you had this plan. <laughs> right. I was like, are you making a Jason Bourne meme right now? Oh my <laughs> god, it's Nicole Kidman. Like, what's going on? And me and Jose were just kind of like, well, I don't know. But, but we're now enjoying it. Now our- I'm kind of like, I want to go and I do want to do that in like every theater that. Because I feel like people there didn't appreciate it. I want to be like, you guys, this is this is the one. And then I just leave every show and, like, I don't even stay for the movie. Like, I'm just there. This is the they, one! They didn't have a plaque or anything. Like, how do are people supposed to know? Okay. People. We found out. We found out. But I do think, Ryan, you're correct that a lot of people didn't know this. My reasoning for this is that I did film a TikTok. Mm. Or I used the clips to edit a TikTok, I guess. You posted it. I posted it on the way back, driving back down to San Diego. The morning after I woke up, it had, like... A little over a thousand views. I was like, this Whoa, is crazy. Viral mm-hmm. boy. At this point, it has over half a million views. Are you serious? And like almost 90,000 likes. Yeah, that's insane. And it's getting so much engagement. And I'm like, I think we kind of broke the news in the TikTok like internet space. Because that ad has been a meme in that sphere yeah. for like a while. Yeah, but I don't lover. think anyone has like pursued um, yeah. the knowledge and then publicized it. To the extent that we did. And I just feel like... I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself and say, like, Pulitzer, but, like... Sure. There's something there, you you know? also could have died. Like, there's a recognition... You could have died the next day. To be had. And then you would have been like, well, that honestly was probably perfect At this point, it's... I would say it's my legacy. There's 461 comments on this thing. People are engaging. It has so much fucking engagement. And I don't know. I don't know what else to do about it. Um, yeah. I have someone s- verified commented. Who is this? But I, yeah, I don't know what else to do because I have like no other content ideas. So if anybody knows how to make money off of like one TikTok, um, let me know. I think you have to get like at least a million views. Is that right? I don't know. I'm not in that space. But you know, you could get like maybe. If anybody knows how to become an influencer without ever making another video, <laughs> yeah. let me know. Well, we're already doing it. We're 
podcast influencers. Okay, what I should do is I should take this clip of this podcast and then put it on TikTok and be like, talking about going to... And I just oh, like, every fucking video I post is like, just about AMC. I like should have had the video camera, though. Like, I could see it. Like, the face the there there also was like, definitely demanded the comments for us to like, completely recreate the ad. So there's another road trip in our future. Like, it's just... Wait, you want to us happen. to recreate the ad there? Yes. Oh my I can't God. deny it. Okay. When a call calls. I mean, this you were the cinematographer, Austin. You know, like, we can't do this without you. And then you're pretty much like the executive producer, so. I'm in the shot. I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I run back away. I'm like, fuck, I'm in the shot. <laughs> Any good executive producer knows when they're in the shot. <laughs> fuck, I'm in the shot. <laughs> anyway, so that was just a little bit about uh, that Our adventure, lives. which was fantastic. Um, okay, 22 minutes into the episode. Let's uh, talk about some trailers here. <laughs> Uh, in case you don't remember, today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, uh, which is being directed by James Mangold, who's done movies like Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash biopic, uh, Logan, as well as Ford vs. Ferrari. Uh, this movie comes out pretty soon on June 30th, and it stars, of course, Harrison Ford returning once again as Indiana Jones, um, along with newcomer Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who I think also like either wrote or co-wrote the screenplay for this movie maybe she was in solo so that's how they have connections ah they do have connections um also mads mickelson antonio banderas toby jones and boyd holbrook make appearances in this film mm. antonio banderas i was like is he playing another like adventure villain because he just did that in the entire mm. movies but it turns out he's just playing like one of the like oh indies like friends that helps him along the way kind of thing oh it's a uh, but it could who knows like that could be a cover one? Yeah, like a Sala type of character. We love Sala. Um, no, like literally in the Wikipedia like cast listing, he was like, uh, it's like it had a quote from Antonio. It was like, it's more like a cameo than a role, but I'm so happy to be there. So he's in the movie. Hey, he got fourth billing on I mean, our he's podcast. in he's Oscar nominee Antonio Banderas. So, I mean, he's you got to mention his name. Puss in Boots himself. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. Uh, this is the uh, fifth movie in the Indiana Jones franchise. Um, if you recognize the abomination that is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, I lean on the side of not. But, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, you know, it's another Indiana Jones story. I mean, I haven't seen it since 2008. But I'm like, a I'm a ride or die Indiana Jones fan. I mean, I feel like this is a, true for like a lot of people like Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the first movies that I like fell in love with and just so iconic. I was also a big Temple of Dune head. Temple of Dune? Temple of Doom head. Growing up, um, we watched that movie a lot. It maybe hasn't aged the best, but um, it's still a fun watch. And then Last Crusade was one that I was like, watched later as a kid. And I was like, oh, they have a third one. That's great. And I really like that one too. So um, big fan of Indiana Jones and Austin could testify when they dropped the trailer for this. I watched it in my office and I definitely cried. Yeah, um, it's so iconic. The when the score wells and you see him with the jacket and the hat and the whip and everything. It's just like one of the, the most iconic characters of cinema. Uh, you can yeah. tell that it's like pretty incredible because even Harrison Ford like doesn't hate playing this character. Like Harrison Ford couldn't sure. give two shits about Han Solo. Sure. But he fucking loves playing Indiana Jones, and he sees people dress up as Indiana Jones and stuff. He's, like, super stoked about it. So you can tell that this character means a lot to him. Um, it's sad, you know, we're not getting, like, a Spielberg-directed thing, even though he's, like, still making movies. Like, maybe he could have come and done the fifth one. But I did see him give some good praise. Well, James he said he Mangold. didn't want to do the fifth one. Yeah, he said he didn't want to. And he said, you know, I watched the cut, and I was like, Mangled did a great job. He said, I think the quote I saw from him was like, I thought only I could make one of those. And apparently I was wrong. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm stoked to check it out. Uh, it looks like, you know, we have this story of Indiana Jones is going into retirement. And then his uh, goddaughter, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is apparently like 
the daughter. The goddaughter. Somebody that, yeah, they do a lot of that name dropping to make sure you understand the relationship. She's Toby um, Jones's daughter, maybe. Yeah, that he has, like, of one of his former, like, adventure partners or whatever. Uh, but not short round. And there may be, uh, you know, there may be in competition, but also teaming up to uh, pursue this coveted dial of destiny that is also being pursued by uh, the villain Mads Mikkelsen. So that's what we get uh, the basic premise of in the trailer. Other than that, it's a lot of like these little snippets of the action sequences, right. some iconic Indiana Jones score, and, uh, and I'm sold. Holbrook is there on a horse? Yeah. Oh, this stuff. Oh, no, Indy's on a okay, horse. This movie definitely takes place in 1976 because there's like a big patriotic parade, and of course that was like the you know the bicentennial. The word bicentennial. Yeah. Um, no, that bicentennial means fifty. No, no, bicentennial, because it's the second hundred. Two centennials. I thought bi meant like half, like bisexual. No, B as in two. Like bisexual, two genders that mm. they love. Oh, I'm, I thought I was only half sexual. <laughs> oh, you're half sexual? <laughs> you only love half the genders. That's just straight, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I... What can I say? I'm fucking sold on this movie. Like, yeah. I'm going to be there as mm. soon as I can. Um, Where do you think Mutt Williams is... I don't know. I don't know if they'll even address that. Mutt Williams, There's some obviously Indiana Jones's son. There's some controversy around uh, Mr. that performer, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do to address that. Do you so. think that he'll be dead? I think he'll be out of whatever country. Or, or, or it'll be like, or it'll be like, uh, like I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in years. Like it, it's like a not like yeah. a dead thing, but like estranged, like Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Until he reunites with his son in Rocky Balboa. That's what that movie was about. Right, 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 right. Two things. One musical stamp uh, from a musician perspective. What we've seen in trailers so long is we've seen the revival of these like classic seventies and eighties hits finding their way dramatized to underscore them, like underscore a trailer. Like right. we've been seeing this for quite some time. And so when I first watched this Indiana Jones trailer, I'm thinking to myself, another one. I love the Rolling Stones. Somebody for the devil. Yep. I will say that it, what's incredible about this is how they merge the Indiana theme into the gaps. It's, Pretty of, well these, of of the Rolling Stones. Music. I don't know that why they so went for good. it, but I'm like, okay, and maybe it's just more about like it takes place in the 70s, sure. so it's like we're yeah. just it's just like kind of that is the vibe of the time. Yeah. Um, I will give them bonus points for innovation for being one of the first movies to use Sympathy for the Devil, but have the movie not be about the Vietnam War or about like an actual <laughs> devil. Yeah. or about an actual devil. Yeah. Um, unless Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, who knows? There's who always knows? some kind of like supernatural oh, yes. twist True. to you Indiana Jones movies. We know we got. The actual, I mean, supernatural god, I guess, in yeah. the first movie, Voodoo the in the second, god and the like god. the actual Holy Grail in the third movie. So, right. Mads Mikkelsen, is he an incarnation of the devil? Could be. I mean, it's possible. My it's second possible. thing is, and this is going to feel a little out in left field, but just kind of stick with me here. The um, the movie Avatar: Way of Water. <laughs> what did it win an Oscar for in terms like of visual effects? Visual effects. I think that Indiana Jones can win this category in the way in which they make Harrison Ford the look DAG? faster than oh, he actually is. Like, I think the biggest thing that they had to figure out in this movie is, like, 
we have to make Harrison. How do we shoot an action action sequence where it looks like he can still like do this shit? Exactly. Yeah. Like no punch. That totally makes sense. Get off a motorcycle. Yeah, you can tell that everything's probably come to like half speed and they just like speed up. Well, it's interesting because this is one of the biggest complaints I've seen, and I still haven't seen this movie. I know, boo, bad film person. What, Indiana I haven't Jones? Seen, no, no. Martin, Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Oh, I saw it. It's and I fine. saw one of the biggest complaints was like, okay, you de-aged De Niro for all these scenes, and yet, even though like he physically looks younger, he still like behaves physically like an old man mm-hmm. in every single scene, and like, well, that's like uh, the de-aging like digitally can't. De-age, like, the physicality, oh. right, in every scene. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of this thing where, like, okay, you're de-aging Harrison Ford, like, you're shooting, whether they're using old footage or whether they're doing digital de-aging or kind of a merge, with the dots like... on his face. Um, sure. Like, you still can only do so much with that that you're not, like, without being able to actually film with, like, a 30-year-old Harrison yeah. Ford, you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of capture yeah. that physicality of him, like, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, a very physical character. No, he's old too. Yeah, he's and Harrison Ford's fucking old. old. Like you can, like he barely moves. So you trying to do the round yeah. red carpets and yes. stuff. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, he's like fallen out of a helicopter like seven times oh, or yeah. some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, the problem you're talking about the young man in the old man's body and the young man's face. I see that a lot in the movie Captain Marvel with oh. Sam Jackson. Uh-huh. He's de-aged, but, like, there's one scene where he's, like, leaning down to pet Goose the Flurkin, and he's petting him, and then he gets up, and he gets up in the most old man way, oh, ever, yeah. like, holding his knees, standing straight up, and then, like, slightly jogging after Captain Marvel, like, I'm coming. It's like, that's obviously old man. Um, but I do agree, Austin, I think he does look like he's a lot more spry in this movie, Harrison yes. Ford. But the one thing I noticed I think the key to that is more in the cinematography, like, these quick little cuts, yeah, and, at least yeah. in the trailer. Shake the camera, shake the yeah, camera. exactly. <laughs> because I don't know... Some of the CG looks a little questionable. I know it's the trailer, but like Harrison Ford was not on that horse. No, guys. he's not. He's on his horse. head is like digitally imposed yeah. onto it, and it's like glitching around sometimes. I'm sure they fixed it by now, but still, you know. But I mean, that's probably true for a lot of actors that ride horses on. I mean, on maybe screen. like Tom Cruise is like Tom one of the Cruise. only ones that like truly still like does his own stunts, movie stuff, and also like is still a fifty-something year old man that can move 60. like he's like thirty, right? I don't know about sixty. I don't know, man. He's up there. Let's see. I mean, he was doing movies in the 80s, so... That's true. He might be... Tom Cruise is 60. Exactly. His wow. birthday is on July 3rd, so he'll be 61 this year. Oh, wow. Man. That's... It's next week. Well, we'll talk about him more, but... Harrison Ford Harrison Ford, I mean, obviously, when it's this character that's so iconic for being, like, this younger, like, what charismatic dude, literally? and, like, then you literally have this 70-year-old dude, that, or 80-year-old dude, that's, like, okay, like... Sure, that's the same person. Sure, yeah. Um, but it literally is the same actor. It's just that's how people age. That's so. how time works. But I think it'll be cool then also to bring in like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and some of these younger folks, Boyd, Boyd Holbrook, to be able to do some of the more like yeah. I don't know energetic. There needs to be love things. somewhere in the movie, and it's not going to be in Harrison Ford. So it's going to be in probably the two younger people. That's yeah, awesome. but it looks like Boyd Holbrook's working for the villain. But mm. it could be like a Maybe thing he where he's working for the villain, double crossing, or does he work for like? the United States police and he just doesn't like that Harrison Ford ruined the parade. Yeah, that's probably a big part of it. He He's like that. <laughs> the movie starts with him being selected as like chief parade security and like the, then that whole thing is like the opening scene it's and like the rest of the movie is him chasing after him because he's like, you ruined my fucking parade. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you guys think the dial of destiny is? Is it a time travel device? That's what I think. It doesn't like they say like you know it could change the course of history. Yeah, because um, the Nazis want it to make Hitler win. Yeah, I mean definitely possible. That's probably what it would be. I don't know. A dial feel the that. dial that would attach to some other object. Maybe it's also like to 
de-age. Maybe the scene with de-age Garrison Ford is he, like, the Dial of Destiny is the, actually the founder of the youth. And he turns back time on himself. Well, they already did the founder. Oh, well, yeah. I guess they did the, uh, the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Same actually, concept. But um, I guess not really. Yeah, Eternal, Eternal Life, Eternal, Eternal Life Youth, was pretty much cool. the same. Yep. Um, it's another but, thing that does I mean, it could, thing. But, I mean, it could be that Daryl Destiny, like, it's gets used, and then the scene that we see of Indiana Jones, like, in, you know, the Young Nazi Indiana. castle burning down uh-huh. from, from Last, Last Crusade, Crusade. Yeah. is, like, he's taken back to that point by the Dial of Destiny. Like, oh, so he can go If this was, like, Hitler. legit a time travel movie and they just keep, like, jumping back, that'd be crazy. I don't know if I'd like it. I think I would rather have a straight Indiana Jones movie. I don't know. When Why? we dipped into sci-fi with Crystal Skull... Yeah, it's it true. an issue. Well, again, like... And that's what I say is, like, you know, people had an issue with that name Crystal Skull. I had an issue with that name Crystal Skull. But ultimately, it is true that, like, all, all of the Indiana Jones movies do have this, like underlying fantasy or supernatural or like mm-hmm. some other like answer it's not all just like very straightforward right yeah. it's not all rooted in realism uh so they could do something like the dial Disney. I don't, I don't want this to be a straight up time travel, time travel movie. movie i think that'd be a little weird like time heist but it definitely times. could be like that is a device that yeah. with the with the right equipment you could change the course of history and in the right hands needing to be able to do that and maybe that's also part of the I don't know. There's always some kind of moral dilemma embedded with Indiana Jones, right? Of, mm-hmm. oh, I could use, like, he could use that to maybe correct some of the things that have gone wrong in his life. Maybe but the... do, does he care enough about, like, everything that has happened to mm-hmm. him since? Or does he care about his legacy enough to want to do that? Or does he just need to accept, like, because the movie starts clearly, he's saying, I'm going to retirement. Does he need to accept mm-hmm. that, like, mm-hmm. his life is what, he, what it is and he moves on? Or does he want to, like, try and correct some of the things that maybe the estranged relationship with his son that we just made up on this podcast oh, um but something like that you know what i mean relationship with time travel does feel like the path to nostalgia it feels like That's a valid true. path to nostalgia and, and if this the is studios love the nostalgia end, then yeah, well and i think it's home. i think it's the best kind of tool for the movie to talk about itself in a meta narrative of like why like this movie is a nostalgic like reboot and looking back on the legacy of indiana jones like it provides a good lens for the movie right. to reflect on itself right. by having that as like the central narrative device. Austin, I have a question for you as Please. a as a musician. Uh, how do you feel knowing, or maybe I'm going to break the issue now, that this is uh, reportedly John Williams' last movie, the last movie oh, he'll ever is... score? That is heartbreaking. He is so good at what he does. Um, but you know what? Uh, John Williams has done enough in paving away for younger film scores. That I trust they were in great hands, but yes. With John Williams Jr., it, it, a.k.a. Austin Holmes. It, oh, wouldn't that composing be Composing Indiana Jones that, 6. That is that is a goat, though. That man is a goat. John Williams is a goat. Oh, and, true. Yeah. Put his yeah. jersey up in the rafters. Oh, that would be fun. You Absolutely. go to, like, the Academy Museum and you just... They should have that. Like, a baseball they, jersey. Well, I know Williams. they have, like, honorary Oscars and stuff like that, but they need, like, a better way. Like, sports oh. teams do such a good job of, like, we're retiring this number forever, or, or we're, like, doing this, like... No one else can be The film John industry Williams. needs a better, better, <laughs> better way to, like, commemorate that, they, that they, level I bet of legacy. They will in the Oscars. He's such a prominent figure. He's a legend. He's, yeah, like, he's gonna be... I mean, some of the most iconic films ever. The yeah. last Oscar, so. just because the last. Like, They're like, actually, we're Oscar. done now. Actually, <laughs> the Oscars are over. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Well, Tyler, do you think he's gonna find the Dial of Destiny when he opens up a red door? Nice segue. <laughs> I got him. Um, 
our next trailer we're talking about is Insidious, The Red Door, directed by Patrick Wilson, who, this is his directorial debut, but he's been uh, an actor and star of some of the Insidious movies already, as well as the Conjuring movies, uh, which maybe when you were a little bit younger, you might have been confused and why he's in both of these franchises and got them mixed up a little bit. I don't know. Still maybe that's just me. Um, and he's also in Aquaman, Insidious. apparently. He's the villain! I don't know. I never saw it. All right. It's fun. Uh, it's camp. You'd love it. This movie comes out on July 7th and stars, of course, Patrick Wilson alongside Rose Byrne and Ty Simpkins. Um, I know I went on like this thing about Indiana Jones maybe having this like meta narrative and theme, um, but I do think this is true for Insidious. This probably also for does. Indiana Jones and also Joyride and Mission Impossible. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the... I don't know about Joyride. You do, I'm not done with my thought. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like what's actually true for this movie and the other movies that we're talking about today is a lot of these movies are like no thoughts, just vibes movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's very true for Insidious because I'll tell you, really? like there's definitely, okay, sure. Like if you want to look for something about like familial trauma, generational trauma, it's probably there. But in terms of like my, my, um, what's that called? Like what I'm retaining out of the movie, mm-hmm. like the whole reasoning and argument and like, plot behind like why scary things happen in the movie i i don't really know but i go in just because there's like really good jump scares and like creepy things that happen and that's what i love about insidious was i do think it was when the first movie came out it was everybody talking about like this is one of the scariest fucking movies i've ever seen in my life yep and you gotta go watch this thing and then i was like okay i saw it and there's something about like the in the family and we can like do this thing and walk through the like astral plane where all the ghosts hang out but i don't remember the details and i just remember there was the creepy dude that listened to tiny tim and i was like that's fucking scary and then the last shot of the movie is this like fucking red face dude right behind patrick wilson you're like that's creepy as fuck i'm gonna i'm gonna have nightmares about that interesting and that's what i absorb so um you know as someone who's never seen any of the Insidious movies, that's not what I understood from the hype or the scuttlebutt around the first movie. I heard that it's a scary movie, it's pretty scary, but the villain's Darth Maul, and isn't that fucking funny? This dude's Darth Maul, and he's terrorizing these guys. Right, but so you're that's getting all this I from heard. like the meme culture, but I'm saying like in terms of like when people were seeing it in theaters at the time, it was very much like this thing is scary. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember when this first came out. Yeah. It was like it was deemed. You pretty, guys both saw scary. it in theaters. No, I think I I, saw, I heard about it in theaters, and then I had to like rent it or whatever. After. I think. But we gotta remember what was out at that time. Like it was thirteen. It was like Iron Man three. Yeah, but in horror. Oh, like yeah. there wasn't. Much, it wasn't a big like, thing. Yeah. Well, this was, I mean, it was kind of this, like, resurgent, like, movies like The Conjuring, and like, mm-hmm. this kind of, like, new wave of, like, go- ghost movies, but, and, like, Paranormal Activity, I think, kind of kicked this off, like, yeah, maybe Blockbuster, like, Blockbuster, uh, what's this called? Supernatural Horror, right? Mm-hmm. I've always been more of, like, a slasher person myself, so I've never really found Supernatural movies, like, my thing, or, like, that scary, mm-hmm. um, because I feel like the fear that sets in, like, movies that are scary to me are, like, you're, uh... Like the strangers, where it's like real fucking oh. people that broke into people's houses, yes. murdered all of them, and that could fucking happen yes. to me. Yes, but I'm like, mm, my family doesn't walk through the astral plane. Like I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so like, they they never really freaked me out. But there's definitely some like creepy shit that they do with like I mean, it's basically like Insidious kind of did the upside down before Stranger Things did the upside down. Like okay. they can walk through this like astro- like the dream world, so it like still looks like their house. But it's, like, the version of their house yeah. that the ghosts live in. Not oh. So, like, when, like they don't really, they can't really encounter, like, when, 
they're walking through their living room, but the people that are in the living room aren't really there, and instead it's, like, fog on the floor. So definitely. And they see all the ghosts that are there, right? And so, like, instead of your sister sitting on the couch, you would see the ghost that's sitting next to her, right? And so then that's how they're Mm. able to, like, communicate between, like, and know, like, who's in the house. Again, like, what I'm getting taken from this is, like, I only have a very rough, like, sketch of the... The plot? Not, Not the plot, just, like, the... Well, yes, the plot, but also the... What would that be? Like, the logic of the movie? Oh, the lore? In my head, or the lore. And I mostly just retain, like, okay, it's creepy, you know? It's, yeah. it's a vibe movie. It's a vibe horror movie. And I, that's okay. What do you think, Austin? You've seen these, right? The uh, couple? Yes, and I've also... The, the frustration here is that um, we have two different entities in Insidious and The Conjuring series. Oh, so you're franchise. meshing them in your brain? And it's re- because, because really, Patrick, Wilson? Patrick Wilson's character and his wife come in as, like, we're trying to help out other people with these, oh, like, so they're like, supernatural events that are happening inside their homes. That's how it started, I believe, with Insidious. No, and Insidious, the they're part of the family. The Conjuring oh. is what you're describing. The Conjuring is when he and the wife, they're the warrens that investigate. But I'm telling you, this is things. why Patrick Wilson should stop doing it's this. It's confusing as fuck. It really it's is. It's very similar. It's all very similar. I really like the Conjuring movies. I the, went on a major binge. The and only thing that differentiates it is Conjuring movies are like period pieces. They don't take place in modern day. And Insidious does. Oh, okay. So that's how so I, have to, I have to remember if I'm like, oh, is that the 80s movies or not? Kind of. Yeah. It's a modern day Conjuring. Maybe I'll But it's these. not like, I mean, yeah. So, like, it's interesting to hear you guys talk about how, like, the plot doesn't really matter. It's just spookiness, the, the atmosphere. That's what I think. Like, after watching this trailer, like, I got invested in the plot of these movies. Did you really? I did. I was like, so wait, this boy was in a coma at some time and he doesn't remember when a demon, like, attacked his Okay, house? you need to watch the first Insidious movie then before you see this one. Because this is the kid from the original movie. I figured. And I looked him up. It, it's the same actor. Yeah. And it, you know what's crazy? He was in Iron Man 3. He was. So. 2013, big year. Uh-huh. <sighs> High skin. And then he was in he was a Jurassic busy. World yeah, he uh, was. two years later in 2015. Then no one heard from him again until he had a cameo in Endgame and people were like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, when I first saw this trailer, I thought it was the kid from um, Ozark. Oh, kind of like, like him. Yeah. The long yeah. Oh, uh, that's who I thought it was for a moment. And I was like, wow, big break for him. Yeah. But no, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, he's going to college, but he's like haunted by demonic images. Oh, they're from his past? It has something to do with his dad. His dad's got to help him out, but they have like an estranged relationship. I'm invested in the story mm. and these characters. That's so more interesting than like, to oh, this hear. Is like, like to me, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, it's a dumb jump scare. Oh, it's a stupid demon. I don't care. I care about the lore and the characters in okay. this trailer. Okay, well, so, I wish I had very, that yeah, I th- to I feel like, yeah, and to me, it's just like, it's this is coming a little bit too late from... When Insidious movies were like a thing for me to be yeah, like, yeah, it feels that weird. Invested. It's like a, but it is cool to see like Patrick Wilson like directing. Like he was in this movie, and now he's like, I'm gonna direct this. Like I'm gonna tell the next chapter of this story. Like I think that's very cool and cool to reuse the same like again that same actor that was the kid mm-hmm. in the first one. So I mean, I love that for you. I, and I, maybe you can watch it and explain it to me more because again, like memory very very clouded. So but how many times do you think as a director he said? Well, this is what we did for The Conjuring, and it worked. Oh. So can we just yes, do it like 100%. this? Yes, 100%. Yeah. What if you think he said, this is what I did in Aquaman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a purple suit on and, like, a fish hook, and that's how I'm going to beat the demon. It could be good. What if Jason Momoa plays the demon? Mm, I don't watch anything with that man in it. He, he was, was the he best was, part of was, Fast X. Really I forgot was. to mention that. He was a great <laughs> Jason Momoa, literally. Great antagonist. Uh, like, the same amount of... of Bad at acting that Vin Diesel is, 
Jason Momoa is like that much better. Like it's basically like a net positive because Jason Momoa is that good. Well, the thing is, uh, Vin Diesel doesn't realize that these movies aren't good, but Jason Momoa does, and he leans into it, and he like. But therefore, the he makes them good. That's yes. what I'm saying. Like Vin Diesel's taking it too seriously. Anyways, we don't have to backtrack on that. Any other thoughts about Insidious? Um, I'm actually kind of intrigued. This is the first Insidious trailer I've seen for like an Insidious movie that makes me go, "Oh, should I like this franchise? Should I get into it?" Mm. So that's kind of cool. Okay, all right. What about you guys, people who actually know the franchise? I mean, I mean, I, this is the fifth installment. Right? Yeah, I only saw yeah, the first three. I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get my butt to the theater for a last key, and so I felt like when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, they're making another one." Okay, but yeah. I, like, I'm probably out on it. But now you made me feel like maybe I should go back and at least rewatch the first one. And then kind of like suss out if I need to know like what this next chapter of the story is. So okay, okay. maybe I'll maybe I'll see. Um, I thought it looked cool. Yeah, well, it could be. Who knows? So you're saying I shouldn't just go in blind to this one? I should catch up on the lore. Well, I think if you're invested in, I don't know, I don't remember the lore. But if you're saying you watch this trailer and you're like, I want to learn more about this father-son relationship, then I, think, that was I cool. think you should go back and watch the first one because that is where they lay the foundation for. Like, the the story they tell, the coma they're talking about in this one is, like, that's what the like setting is at the first one. one. Okay. Yes. So this is kind of like a delayed sequel to that. Oh. And if I'm being honest, I don't even remember how two or three tie into the first one, or if they do. I think the medium dies in one of these ones. Like, they use that, me- the psychic medium that they showed on TV and she was on the video. Oh, okay. She I dies in one of them. Right. And that's why she's on the video, video in yeah. the new trailer. Interesting. Um... Uh, spoiler alert. Um, oh, it's fine. But yeah, sorry. I, that's all that I really remember about those ones. So I think at least watch one, and then I don't I don't know how much it has to do with two, three, or four. Okay. But Well, we'll see. It could be interesting. It looks like Patrick Wilson's not in three and four, so maybe I should just skip those ones. That's probably fair. I can only find the first two on streaming anyway. There you go. There's the trilogy. Well, let's take a break from talking about trailers and uh, what? play a brief, trailer brief, play a brief game, shall we? Yeah, but it's a trailer podcast where we also always play two games. Oh, And this course. is the first one of those two games. Um, since we have three of us here, Austin, thanks again for being uh, our guest on today's episode. Mm. Um, we are going back and doing something we've done on a previous episode with a guest, which is a blind draft. Are you familiar with this concept? I've heard. Okay. The blind draft basically means that we're going to be drafting movies, five each, uh, from a, a category that Ryan and I have identified and we'll not be telling you. Okay. Awesome. So basically how it's going to go is you're going to leave the room, we're going to tell the listeners. Oh, uh, we're telling them? I thought you said you wanted to. I thought you said you didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Austin, you're the tiebreaker. Did the listeners get a no? I feel like it's more interesting if the listeners and Austin get to play the same game. Okay. So like they... Like, because you see these videos on TikTok and they always have it. Uh-huh. On so, the... I, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, I can see how that works. Or, you, yeah, they can also just see how bad I am at guessing, which could I think, also be fun. I think that's be the better. I think that's better. Yeah, I, I, I can think see I, that. I All think right. I've come around to your, your point of okay, view. Okay, so we've switched um, votes, so. so, you're going you're gonna to leave. I'm going to dip. I'm going to let the listeners mm-hmm. know what the category is. And then you'll come back. Ryan and I will give you, like, our number one picks. Right. And then you give us your. And first then you pick. have to you have to make a pick basically after every pick that we get. So we're not going to give you all five of ours. You have to pick in sequence. But the more picks that we give you, you might be clued in a little bit more as to what the category is. And then at the end, you, you will have to guess what you think the category is, and then see how many of your picks uh, okay. might Why fit not? that. So. so I'm still I'm putting out five movies. Okay. Yes, you're also yes. going to choose five movies. So like you'll so come you're... back. I'll be like, okay, my first movie is like 
whatever. Mm-hmm. But I say, like, Avengers, and Ryan says, like, Superman. Bruce. Maybe you'll, like, name oh, another, okay. like, superhero movie, because you think that could be the category. But then I, I come back and I do, like, something different that Bruce. changes. <laughs> what could that category be? Avengers and what Greece. Do Ave- okay, while you're gone, think of what Avengers, Superman, and Greece have in common. That's okay. your assignment. But that's not the category. Fantastic. All right, listeners. Austin's gone, which means you get to know the secret category. If you don't want to know the secret category, then skip forward about 30 seconds. The secret category is movies about musicians. That doesn't necessarily have to be a biopic, but it could be. Austin's coming back, and it's okay. Come on back, Austin. Did you hear anything I said in my dulcet tones? I did not. Perfect. Dulcet tones. It was in another room. Okay, well, Austin's back. And Tyler, do you want to give us your first movie in this draft? I do. I think I'm going to start off strong and say that my number one pick for this category is Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, my number one pick for this movie is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right, all right. Both good movies for the category. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm Okay, I like this. I'm going to go with um, one of my favorite movies, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, okay. All right. That's one of my favorite movies, too. We should mm-hmm. have a watch night. It'd be mm-hmm. fun. Okay. Um... Let's see. Uh, with my number two pick, I'm going to go with a little film called August Rush. Oh, August Rush. You don't remember that movie? I love oh, August yeah. Rush. He goes boom, boom, wax his guitar. Okay, fine. Yeah, he does. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to choose... Hmm. You guys seen Sing Street? Oh, I love that movie. Mm-mm. Drive It Like You Stole It. Yeah. Okay, Austin does another movie, so I'll pick a different one. It's very cute, and I think you should check it out yeah. if you have the time. Um, so my second movie, I'm going to choose Rocket Man. Fantastic. Classic. I'll go Bohemian Rhapsody. Just oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, with my number three pick, I'm choosing Yesterday. Oh, that's a nobody good else movie. remembers the Beatles. I love Yesterday. Ed Sheeran's in that. Oh. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> um, my next pick... I'm going to choose, hmm, I'll choose Inside Lewin Davis. Ooh. I'll go with Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like it might fit the category. (laughs) It's got Opus in it, so I hope so. (laughs) Um, I'm going to choose the Pixar movie. Is this number four or five? Uh, This would be number four. I'm going with Soul. Yeah. Soul? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Soul. I like it. Let me think. My next pick... <laughs> okay, just so you know, the way you just said that made me think of, like, you know, like, when a movie is based on, like, a real-life product or, like... Or, like, oh, like the Nike they, Air? Like, where they're... <laughs> like, yeah. when the first time somebody says, like, the name of the product that they can they're like, hmm, I like it. <laughs> Air Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what made me think of. Pixar Soul. Soul. I like <laughs> it. That's, like, the movie they make in 30 years about the making of the movie. Like, Okay, we're writing a movie about the afterlife, but what are we going to call it? I got an idea. How about Soul? I like it! That was what that was. Anyways, continue. That's good, that's good. Um, I don't, no one said it yet. It's it's right there for the taken. I'm going to choose the music, man. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> Go ahead and get it out and I'll reset my pick. <laughs> Just, you can't 
It's because he knows. It's because he knows she's wearing it, and he's not actually married, so it's like it like burns him. He's like, oh, because it's, it's like sin. Why? Well, I don't think. <laughs> well, anything can be sin now, I guess. What if we fucked goats? <laughs> um. Well, no one said it, so I'm just gonna choose the Music Man classic. I'll go La La Land. Oh yeah, my fifth pick. I'm taking it before Austin can. Tick Tick Boom. Oh, I love Tick Tick Boom. That's a lot of fun. Um, I'll go ahead and choose Walk the Line. We just talked about yeah. uh, James Mangold. That's great. Awesome. I want to dance with somebody. Pick. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me use the Winnie Houston movie. Okay. Awesome. What do you Austin, it feels like movie? you know what the category is, so why don't you go ahead and tell us? Is, are these movies based off of, or are these movies about music and musicians. Music and movies about musicians. Yeah. That's exactly the category. About there we go. Thank I'm you. surprised you got it so early. Even when you got I, it very early. Because yeah, what was your first pick? It was like Whiplash, and then I said Bill and Ted. I know they rock out. And yeah. then I went once. I so I first saw Chaotic for a little bit. Uh-huh. Like Whiplash is very chaotic. Yeah. Bill and Ted is very chaotic. And I just right. happened to get on Scott Pilgrim vs. World, uh-huh. and it just oh, yeah. so happened that, that kind of like also matches. Yeah. yeah, the whole movie's about so, his band, right? I yeah. think you went for five on that because I would definitely qualify Scott Pilgrim as like being about yeah that's it, yeah it's a, that was great Austin well he that that last thing is a he's doing bass solo or guitar oh, solo as like the final boss yeah. which you've all heard that I believe Netflix is the oh yeah they're making an anime they're making the anime with all of the original cast as voice actors and I'm super hyped for that me too I love those books I love those movies or that movie I love the soundtrack. Well, I've never seen uh I've never seen anime before, but maybe I'll watch no? that. No, so um, I do. S- Does Invincible count as anime? No, I don't even know if Scott Pilgrim will. It might just be yeah. anime style. Yeah, it's just anime. Um, well, speaking of anime, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I also I like my Dial of Destiny behind the red door a lot. That better. was dumb. <laughs> This is actually connects. Asian people and anime. <laughs> I mean, oh. tell me it doesn't track. <laughs> this is movies about Chinese people. They don't chi- anime's from Japan. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was going to address that. Willfully ignorant. Okay. I was going to address yeah, that. We know. We know. We know. We know. It was just fun to rash you. Please address it. No, I'm not addressing anything. I'm All not addressing right. shit. I just wish you. I just wish you did it to Mission Impossible. I would have felt. Oh, that would have liked funny. that a little better. <laughs> well, this movie is Joyride. It's directed by Adele Lin or Lim. Yes, which is the name of an anime. Adele, Adele Lim? Lim. No, Joyride. Oh, I didn't know. It's not. Oh. It's, it's not at all. Well, Sorry, a- Adele. Wanted... That was actually my connecting point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were gonna make up a thick anime just like Austin. <laughs> Well, um, Adele Lim, she's a screenwriter for Crazy Rich Asians and Ryan the Blast Dragon, but now she's making her directorial debut on July 7th with Joyride. It's the film starring Ashley Park, uh, Sherry Cola, Stephanie Su, Sabrina Wu, and Ronnie Chang, and this movie is all about going back to China to find uh, Ashley Park's birth mother, but not real Ashley Park, the character that she plays in the movie. But it's also about having a raunchy, naughty, funny time with the girls. The girls! And in uh, China. I'm just going to say it. This is... It's Bridesmaids. It's Hangover. It really it's is. That, it's so Bridesmaids. It's that vibe of like... But this time they're Asian. Chaotic trip. Or Girls Trip was Bridesmaids, but they're black. This is Bridesmaids, but they're Asian. Yes. But I don't, I don't say that in a bad way. No, because no, no. I do think we need more 
raunchy comedies. Yes. I am stoked to see No Hard Feelings. It just came out with Jennifer Lawrence. It's um, okay. I think... But it's okay that it's okay. Like, that's the thing. Not I everything, it to be better. Not every comedy has to be, like, this new and inventive thing. Like, it's okay. Like, this is this movie's, like, being produced by Seth Rogen. Like, it's okay to make a super bad that just, like, has maybe some more updated modern language and jokes and stars a cast that gets to be, like, representing yes. a new, like, a underrepresented sector of the population, which is they super great. with uh, Booksmart. Yeah, exactly. I, like, Booksmart, yeah, one. Booksmart was lesbian super bad and this is Asian Bridesmaids, which is, it's great. I love it. I think Stephanie Hsu very obviously proved in Everything Everywhere All at yeah. Once that she has some incredible acting chops, not only dramatic, but also comedic. And I'm very excited. Everything I see from her in this trailer, I mm-hmm. love. I'm not as familiar with anything else from Sabrina Wu, Sherry Cola, or Ashley Park. Ashley Park's and Emily and They Paris. look like they have a ton of chemistry on the screen. Like, I watch this and I'm like, okay, these people have been best friends forever and I totally get the dynamic um, of this, like, friend group. And I love the, like, you can see these moments where they're being a little bit more tender and intimate with each other, but also the, like, we have five minutes to, like, shove drugs everywhere oh. we possibly can and just like chaotic moments and um it looks funny so you know good for them i will say my favorite i th- well it's my favorite part and i think it is kind of the turning point for the writers and the executives in the room when they're pitching this out when someone said well what if we had a scene where someone said it's not a bop it it's my ass yeah i think at that <laughs> point they were like and we one got one a movie we got a movie yeah. that's is that all your we needed favorite joke of the trailer Austin? yes it is that's one of our main questions yeah we do we have to ask comedy. yeah what's your favorite joke in the trailer Ryan? my favorite joke is when they're little kids and she beats up the boy in the playground that's such a i love I mean, that opening it's so good because you think you're like oh this is gonna be well oh. at first you're like oh is this a movie about like white parents with an Asian child that they don't understand her culture. Right, right. But then they're like, oh no, we really just want her to learn more from actual like Asian families. And it's oh. like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a wholesome movie. And then the white boy steps in and says some racist shit and the kid's like, fuck you, and punches him in the face. That's great. I like that part. What about you, Tyler? Um, well, you guys took two really great moments, yes. so I'll just say, I guess, when they impersonate K-pop and sing WAP. That's I funny. Mean, I like it's, that. It's pretty great. And Ashley Park sings a lot on Emily in Paris, so it's fun to see her sing in there, a movie. That's a musical? Emily in Paris? No, but she's a musician, so like... They oh, go, I was like, did, is this a whole other part of that show that I literally did not know that there's also singing? You never need to watch Emily in Paris, but if you ever want to, I can tell you everything about it. I don't really care. It's not great. Um, got a game for you, Tyler, as... Um the kind of actor actress connoisseur you are can you name the actress that is in search party that is in this movie uh, i don't know oh it's search party oh the show the tv show search party the it's TV the blonde girl yes. i don't know her name but oh okay that's fair you know you her name cut it out don't worry that's it well wait do you know her name though no i have no idea. oh no one knows her name no, no <laughs> that's great no one knows her name when you said search party the first thing i thought of out. was missing uh, and I was like, Storm Reed is not in this movie. Storm Reed. But uh, you're talking about... Is it Annie? No. That's... Oh, Annie Momolo is in... Uh, oh, it's the, the drug dealer. Meredith Hager, Hagner. Her name oh. is Meredith? Yeah. She does not look like a Meredith. No. Have you seen All Search Party? Yes. I haven't seen the last season. Is it good? Yes. Okay, I'll check it out. Hmm. Never heard of her. She's good in Search Party. Well, she's yeah, she's hilarious in Search Party, and she looks funny in this movie as drug dealer on train. Yep, classic. Looks classic. like Search Party really got her up into some high. Well, it's kind of fun goals. that you mentioned that because like Ashley Park from Emily in Paris, Meredith uh, Hagner from Search Party, both like streaming shows. Even mm-hmm. Stephanie Hsu 
from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, another streaming show. I mean, there a lot of shows are streaming shows right now. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Chang <laughs> is on the uh, Daily Show that streams on Paramount+. Plus. As they say on the other two, a show that I love, there's so many TV shows now, it's almost statistically impossible for me not to be on one. Well, I've never heard of Sherry Cola, and I just like that name. I don't. I wonder That's if it's a great. stage name or not. Oh, she's on a freeform show. That That's I guess. It's, oh, Amazon Prime seven oh. episodes. I love Dick. <laughs> what fucking show is that? <laughs> they made all these up. I don't believe. There's no way Hollywood has too much money. They're making too many things. But Joyride is not a thing that I'll complain about. Uh, this is like a fun comedy, and you know I'll probably check it out. It looks fun. It looks fun. Why not? Um. It doesn't look anything earth-shattering, but it looks cool, and, and like, honestly, looks like I might laugh once or twice. Mm. You never know. As somebody that I appreciated Crazy Rich Asians, but I didn't think it was anything, like, I like groundbreaking to Asians. the, like, romantic comedy genre, I think I see this as, like, a similar vein of, like, okay, it's not going to change the genre of raunchy comedy, but it's fun that there's raunchy comedy that stars a cast of Asian people, and that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of movies that star Asian people, <laughs> how are we talking about uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One that stars Tom Clementiev, and she's the last person you listed in the cast. That's so. because she's not listed on Wikipedia in the main cast. I had to go down deeper into the article to find her name to figure out how to spell that last name because it is a, it's got a lot of vowels. Well, I'm gonna let you take this one, <laughs> Ryan, because you are the resident MI head. So. I love Mission Impossible so much. This movie is. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's the seventh movie in the franchise. It's directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who did the last two movies, Rogue Nation and Fallout. It, he also did the movie Jack Reacher, which also stars Tom Cruise. Uh, this movie comes mm-hmm. out on July 12th, and it stars Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Ben Ranks, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Henry Zerny, and Palm Clementif. And it is the next chapter in Ethan Hunt's Mission Impossible Life. So basically, what this movie looks like is, honestly... I don't know much of the plot. I know Henry Kazerny has come back. And he was in the first movie and the first movie only. And now he's back 20 years later to do this movie again. And I'm so excited. Tom Cruise is on another mission. And he runs with his regular crew of Ving Rhames and Simon Pig. Oh, and he physically runs a lot. He oh, does that in the movie. That man can actually run. They yeah. don't have to do anything with him. Um, but then there's newcomers. Haley Atwell and returners that aren't mainly part of the crew. But he has interacted with uh, Rebecca Ferguson and Vanessa Kirby, as well as another newcomer, Pond Clementif, who looks like some sort of uh, adversary, but not the main adversary, per se. Mm. Uh, I don't know what the movie plot is about. I just know Ethan's on his next mission. But I do know that all the Mission Impossible movies are 100% vibe movies. I've seen oh, all of totally them movies. multiple well, times. Well, they say, like, truth is ending and war is coming. So yeah. there's going to be some... That means as nothing. Usual, there's going to be some large-scale international conflict. Yes. Unless Ethan Hunt, like, rides his motorcycle off a cliff. And he'll go into nuclear war. He's, he's, gonna, he's gonna fucking do it. And it looks so cool. It does look super cool. Like, uh, I'll take... Yeah, go for it. I think it is cool that he jumped off the off the off the mountain. I think it's very cool. Uh-huh. I think for them to like think how are we going to promote our movie, it's like, well, let's show how we did the jump. Oh yeah, that's a and cool that's, trailer. It's a very cool thing. Um, I am kind of under this personal belief and opinion that if they didn't do the jump, really do the jump, mm-hmm. and they did like a a CGI thing, I wouldn't know the difference. Really, I don't think I would. But that's and I just feels like but okay. feels I think like, that's the point is, is like they could know. have easily done it without ever putting Tom Cruise's life in danger. But 
Tom Cruise doesn't do shit that way. And he's going to make sure that you know that he doesn't do shit that way. And you're going to go see that movie not because the character jumps off the fucking cliff, but because Tom Cruise jumped off that fucking cliff. I've been saying it And that's years. why that is in that is the selling point. Another a big selling point of these movies is Tom Cruise is going to make these movies until he dies on the set of one. So, And they're going to put that movie out there, the one where he dies. So I'm going to watch these movies until I watch Tom Cruise die on screen. Like, mm. for real. So it's like Crocodile Hunter. Kind of. But... It's a 60-year-old man jumping off the cliff. <laughs> He's pushing the boundary. But, I mean, yeah, I totally get what you're saying, Austin. I don't know. I think it makes sense. Like, I love the trailer, like the IMAX trailer where they show how they did that jump. It's so cool. More than I love any actual trailer for this movie because I right. love movies. I don't, I mean, I enjoy, have enjoyed the Mission Impossible movies I've seen, but I don't love the Mission Impossible movies the way I that love I the love, Impossible movies. like, the fact that he makes them like this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I love the idea and the concept behind it more than I love, like, the actual product. But I do think they look cool. I've I've liked the Mission Impossible. I like the lane of espionage action thriller that Mission Impossible chooses. Where they're not trying to do this, like, super hyper realistic and grounded thing. Like, there's still some elements of the, like, classic, like, 60s spy show camp in there. Like, these giant, like, the gas bombs that do like a big cloud of green gas or like the like hyper realistic masks where you can like completely be another person. Like it chooses to like steer a little bit out of reality to do these like cool things in spy movies where you get to be like, Oh, like that's a cool visual or that was a cool twist that like you, you couldn't do that if you were like doing a really straightforward grounded adaptation of like a Jack, like a Jack Reacher type of story where it's like, you're just like a military operative and everything is like hundred percent realistic all the time. Like it chooses to put like a little bit like fast and furious. Like it chooses to push yeah. the boundary a little bit. Because it gets to do some cool stuff that you're like, okay, that was fucking sick, even though there's no way that would ever actually happen. Interesting that you know you're saying I mean? that. Because I was watching this trailer and I thought about Fast and Furious 2, but I thought kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Mm. I saw them driving around the streets of like Italy and I said, they do that in Fast 10, but I don't buy it. It's like super hyper-realistic yeah. or like exaggerated, but this movie is grounded well, and I really I do think appreciate In some it. ways it is more grounded than Fast and Furious. Like definitely like the chase scenes and the action sequences, like they're not... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they would have him, like, drive vertically down a hydroelectric Vin Diesel sure. doesn't do that shit. But, I don't know. I, in in other ways, like, it chooses to make it a little bit more of, like, a spectacle or, like... It's all spectacle. You know That's what I mean? True. Like, it, it, just, it just chooses matter. a little bit to move in the, in the direction where it's not... We don't have to do, like, we're not using... The military does not have gas bombs that are, like, that color green. Like, that's yeah. so that we have a cool shot and it looks um, more, like, of this elevated, that's like, obviously the villain you know I mean? doing it. That's why it's green for evil. Okay, duh. Yeah, green is the color of evil. We all know that. That's why money's green, because green mm, corrupts. I think he's only associating this with the, hop, the green goblin. I love the green goblin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I think that these Mission Impossible movies are so fun. And they are total vibe movies. The plot doesn't need to matter. They even know this. Like, Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise have, like, gone out and said, this is how we build these movies, because this is the third one they've done together. They say, we figure out what stunts we want to do, and then we figure out how we can weave a plot in throughout those stunts. Oh my gosh, that's wild. And they literally said the first thing they shot for this movie was that jump, because right. if they couldn't get that, then they'd have to rewrite their script and change everything, and if he got hurt and broken, they'd have to, like, delay the filming. So they do all the stunt shit, and then they figure out how to make a movie around it. Right. And that's what I'm coming to the theater for. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm going to see it. Like, I think, I, yeah. like, to me, Mission Impossible is somewhere between, like, Fast and Furious and John Wick. 
Like, it just brings those two things together a little Ooh. bit more. It's like, what about between... I, I'm here for the first one. I don't know about John Wick. What about 007? Well, John Wick feels very, like... Well, depends I on guess what version of 007. Because if yeah. you're going, like, Pierce Brosnan, where he's, like, jumping off, like, a giant, like, snowscape on grabbing a helicopter, that's just Fast yes. and Furious again. But if you're going, like, James Bond... But the tone of the movie is... They're all James Bond. Or not James Bond, Daniel, Daniel Craig. He's James Bond in my head. I've only seen one movie. He's been a long in my head. The tone of the tone of the Daniel Craig movies fits uh-huh. so much more to Mission Impossible than John yes. Wick tone. But John James Bond, I guess, yeah, the older James Bond movies would do like a more like campy, yeah. like smoke bomb or whatever. Like, but Daniel Craig Bond would never. Daniel Craig Bond is like, I'm a real MI6 operative, and this is like a re- real like spy mission that somebody would go on. But Mission Impossible chooses to do a little bit more of like the fun. I think I John Wick is closer to Fast and Furious. I think so too. I don't think so because this man killed like over a hundred people in the fighting style, but in terms of like the like I, tone, not so much. Okay, you know what I mean. How often are we going to say tone in this? Oh, we're he's say a musician, so times? he knows about tone. I just said that's no. the first time I've ever said that. No, I said tone a second time in this scene. Oh yeah, did I say tone? So, I might have. You said might tone. have said it once. One, two, three. Tone. tone. Cool. I love Mission Impossible, and now we're going to play the next game. (laughs) Well, this is the last game to cap off this episode. What we want to try to do here is, you're familiar with this game, Austin, and probably the listeners too, I think we've done this before. We're going to try and connect all four of these movies by using the, like, you know, Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, like that kind of vibe, where Mm -hmm. we're basically saying, okay, like, we start with Mission Impossible, say we take Tom Cruise, and then we got to try to find another movie that Tom Cruise is in with a different actor, and we're going to try and get Mission Impossible connected to Droid Riot, connected to Insidious, connected to Indiana Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. Um, We're going to do our best. I already see, I think, a little bit of a pathway here, but it kind of depends. Do we need to, like, should we just kind of start with I think we just anyone, go. or do we need to try and get like from one to two to three to four? Can you remind me of the path? It doesn't A to B. Oh, that's the, oh, so like uh, where are we going? Oh, where are we starting? That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what, what we're talking about. Right? Oh, okay. So I I think, I think we just gotta take what we can so and like move just, in a direction. Okay. Just and take this, all four points at some point. And I know for a fact that Stephanie Shu was in everything ever at once with Kiwi Kwan, who was in. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom with Harrison Ford, who was in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So wait, do you give all that information? Or, because the way we've played in the past is like, Stephanie Hsu was in uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once with uh, Kei Kwan, and then it goes to the next person. And they start with Kei Kwan. Oh, I see, I see, I see. I, I, yeah, we can, we can play like that in the round. I was trying to just do it as like oh, a project, like, like a group project together. Okay. Where we can like, I thought we were like that's as far as I thought, but maybe somebody else can pick it up and go from okay. there. Maybe we can get to Insidious or Mission Impossible. Okay. So are we going to say we hit Joyride and Indiana? I think so. Now? I mean, I feel like that's, it's very clear. That's that, yeah, that's no, okay. There. So, uh. Because the reason I started there was I know the littlest about the filmographies of anybody in Joyride. I and I Joyride knew that we could like get. to start. To Indiana Jones from there. Okay. Um, I think it's not going to be as easy for the rest of them. So we've gotten two. We just got to hit Insidious, The Red Door, and Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Great. And we're at Harrison Ford, who is in... I'll say Harrison Ford was... Well, he's in Indiana Jones and the Destiny. You have to take oh, somebody I have to take, from here. Oh, so I can't take Harrison Ford. And go out to... Okay. Indiana Jones was in... Or Harrison Ford was in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with... Um, let's go with... Antonio Banderas, and I, Austin, you can take it from Antonio Banderas, or do I have to give a movie that Antonio I mean, Banderas is in? You just kind of name somebody else that's in Indiana okay. Jones. Okay, and he's in. Uh, Antonio Banderas is in 
Shrek 2. Mm-hmm. And now you can choose anyone that's on Shrek 2. Hmm. Okay, so we're talking Shrek is... You got we have Mike Eddie Myers. Murphy, you we have Eddie Mike Murphy. Myers. You got Cameron Diaz. And Cameron Diaz. And you also got... Uh, who else is... John Cleese, who plays the king. He's mm-hmm. like a Monty Python guy. Mm-hmm. So... Mike Myers mm-hmm. is in a movie, um, uh, The Guru. The Love, Love Guru? The Love Guru. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking... Any other actor from The Love Guru? <sighs> Jack Black has a cameo in that movie. So does Paul Rudd. I'm trying to get it to whoever the wife is in Insidious. Oh, she's the only really other... She's like the only... Big, other big yeah. one other than Ty Simpkins from Iron Man Three. Yeah, um, I have something that we can get from Mike Myers to Mission Impossible. Oh, is it? Who's the um the guy that's the tech guy in Mission Impossible? Simon Pegg. Oh, that Simon works Pegg. too. Uh, but there's got to be something there. So Mike Myers yeah. is a he plays a spy. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's Austin Powers. Yeah, but in Austin Powers, the third one, Gold Member, Gold Member, Tom Cruise cameos in that movie. <gasps> he plays Austin Powers in the movie version. Yes, I had no idea. Yes, wow, great. So we're there. So okay, so Stephanie Shu, everything ever at once, Key Kwan, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Tumble Doom, Harrison Ford, Dial Destiny. Dial Destiny. Antonio Banderas, Shrek, Shrek 2, Mike Myers, Austin Powers, Goldmember, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Part 1. We're there. We just gotta get somebody else from Mission Impossible to connect to Insidious, to Insidious the Red Door. Um, let's see here. Oh, okay. This one's tougher, I think. Um, Insidious, I think, is the toughest one. Okay, yeah, well, there's, there's nobody in it. Well, okay, but I'm wow. seeing Palm Clementiev and knowing that she has connections to the MCU, which is super helpful. And we've got Patrick Wilson also having been an Aquaman, so we've got the DCU and the MCU. Hmm. And is there any point that we can get some crossover there? Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Rose- Palm Clementiev is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with Chris Pratt, who's in Avengers Endgame with Brie Larson, who's in Fast X with Jason Momoa. And Jason Momoa is an Aquaman! With Patrick Wilson. Wow. In Insidious the Red Door. Thank you for all your support, fam. We did it. Well done. We, we couldn't have done it without your help at home. It's true. So thank you for sending us all the right answers telepathically. And I think that we did it the fastest and most efficient way possible. And furiously. Vroom vroom. Vroom vroom. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for being oh, on the podcast course. today. It was we a pleasure having, having you here. Uh, not just your first, but also your second potty. This Unless you've been on potty. another potty between then and Haven't now. since. No. Fantastic. Wow. I love that. He actually that. started his own, but let's he didn't keep, publish it. Let's keep the streak up. Um, <laughs> you can't talk to anyone else on a microphone. It's called Preview, Review, Review. Oh, that actually I review the preview. I would review. listen to that the shit insane. out of that. <laughs> Like, you and Jose just get together and like, so yeah, we listen to the new episode. Kind of ass, don't you think? <laughs> it's not like a regular podcast. It's one of those like three hour long live streams where they're like listening live and talking oh, about it. Oh, you're boot- or like, what's it called? Rebooting our podcast? Three and a half hours of conversation. I don't want them to freebooting oh us, God. though. 
before we sign off for the day, we do have to ask you, Austin, as well as you, Ryan, and I'll probably answer yeah. as well. The same questions that we always do at the end of every episode, which are, which trailer that we talked about today was your favorite, and which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see? Austin, since you're the guest, you can answer first. My favorite, um, my favorite preview to watch out of what we've talked about today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is probably... Mm, it's I I got between like I'm very in I'm very interested in Joyride and I'm very interested in Mission so I'll probably go I'm gonna go Mission Impossible okay um, as your favorite trailer or preview of uh, this one and the next movie that I that I really need to see is Spider Verse oh sorry uh, to explain the question a little bit better yeah please because <laughs> I obviously didn't hear it no so t- what Tyler's asking is. Out of the four trailers, right. Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones, Insidious, and Joyride, which one is your favorite trailer? And then which one am I most excited to see? And then out of those four, yeah. which one do you want to see? Like, are you most excited to see? Okay, cool. I'd say but I love that you're interested no, in Spider-Verse. No, I'd say, I'd say the really best trailer, good. actually, I, I'm most interested to see Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. The best trailer was probably the Indiana Jones trailer. Okay, so best trailer, indie, most anticipated movie, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, solid. Um, I will go ahead... I was thinking the same thing coming into this episode, Austin. My favorite trailer is Indiana Jones, and I'm more excited to see Mission Impossible. But as we were watching all the trailers, the Mission Impossible trailer hit me way harder than the Indiana Jones trailer. Hmm. So I've got to go, my favorite trailer is Mission Impossible, and my most anticipated movie is Mission Impossible. Double send it for Tom mm-hmm. and Chris. I love that. Two two strong votes. Um, predictable answer, favorite trailer is Indiana Jones, most excited for Mission Impossible. Oh, um, so Mission and Jones, Mission, Mission and Jones, Mission Jones, the crossover. I can't wait. What is this? A crossover? Indiana episode? Impossible, the wow. alliteration. But um, so I guess that means Mission Impossible wins because I didn't. It does. Vote you, had to two, you had two votes. So congratulations, Chris and Tom. Um, you know they're the only producers on that movie. That's insane. But also, I I believe that. They just love it so much. Well, also, it's like at that point they have enough money. They could probably make as many of these as they wanted to. They don't have to sell, like, other producers are like, well, we're going to do this stunt. We're gonna, like, you have to convince them to give them the funding, even though they're putting their, like, main actor in, like, harm's way. And they're like, if we just fucking, like, finance it ourselves, we can do whatever the fuck we want. So, I mean, it makes and sense. And they'll go for it. Like, Tom Cruise broke his foot in the last movie and he kept running. Wow. I love the dedication. Well, did you know that in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> oh, or in Django Unchained. <laughs> Well, we hope you know what we're talking about. Stay tuned to preview you for more movie fun facts that you definitely can't find anywhere else on the internet. Austin, once again, thank you so much for being on yeah, the podcast today. Uh, do you want to plug anything? Yeah. What's going on yeah. in, in the world of Austin? You don't have to. Um, yeah, I say like the most exciting project that I'm working on is uh, my independent film, which will be about how me and my fiance are racing against the clock to um, make sure that we're able to watch the Charger game that's happening on November 12th while mm. also getting married. Um, on that same day? Yeah, I would say this could be considered a soft launch. Like, it's very much... Um, wow. Yeah, this is... This is actually the first time we're If you want, I can, like, public. stand... Like, while you're getting married, I can, like, stand to your side. And, no, like, no, no, no. The wedding's gonna be done before the movie starts. It's more about, like, 
can the wedding get done and then also get to a location where they can yes. stream oh, the game. That's, and that's a movie we're making. And it it's movie. like, wow. the movie really starts when they say, I do. Like, oh, and then I, you're running Maybe something. even before, just to kind of give you the perspective of what it looked like. It could be cool to do like this. a dual timeline thing where we're jumping back and forth um, during the, the, oh, the planning and then while y'all are driving. We'll talk about it. You could also do like, oh, like, you do your wedding or whatever, who cares. Put that as a montage. That's what you put your opening credits over. Because oh, that's the least yeah, important yeah, yeah, yeah. part you're of right, the story. You're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> just catches you up to speed yeah well again thanks so much for uh joining us austin if you're listening out there you can follow us on twitter and instagram we're at preview review uh you can also follow me and tyler on letterboxd uh and uh follow tyler on tiktok maybe he's gonna do more nicole who knows i can publish my next hit video any any moment and you could be the first you'll never know you could go into the comments and type first everyone loves that okay thanks for listening goodbye bye Oh, bye. Sorry. My bad.